The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Okay, what's going on, guys? I was I was just chatting with many of you in the uh, in the YouTube chat waiting on Sherrod. Turns out he was waiting on me, so I apologize we're <laughs> late, but I got the whole Garden Report crew, the whole press corps, like 50% of the Celtics press corps down there in who are in this show. Uh, after this win, which is an awesome win, Sherrod, uh, Celtics, I'd say this is, I think this is two straight kind of looking right. Uh, yeah. 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 And I, I don't think it's just a coincidence that we're talking about back-to-back games where they look like that team we saw at the beginning of the season. And Early season Celtics. We've got Robert Williams III coming off the bench, giving me eight rebounds in 15 minutes, three steals, three block shots. And his presence beyond the numbers was was undeniable. Uh, that, to me, and then, and we're gonna you know, and obviously we're gonna get into Jason Tatum as well, who I thought this was if when Jason is having those those periods where he's struggling, replay the first half of tonight's game. That is exactly how you get on track. He started not just attacking the right, but just for, just forcing that defense to move as he backed defenders down and if they didn't react quick enough he just went to the slippery slippery this was this was the post game that we we know jason tatum has in him yeah Uh, and it was good to see i thought he you know he he did he kind of reverted back to a little bit of the jason tatum that we've seen in the third jalen they had pockets they go back into it you know what they get that lead 12 14 15 points and they're like all right, here we go. Two more shots, and we're at twenty. Yeah. Little, little wig. Let, let, let me, let me, send the, let me send the crowd home with a step back, friggin' well, you know, three. Exactly. So they want that, you know, and that's a, that's almost like style points. I don't think they yeah. forgot, but they're just like, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. Let's take one of those. So, yeah, there's moments, but as long as for the most part, the game, uh, you know, I think it was 16, 16 assists on the first twenty-two made baskets. Ended up with twenty-eight assists on the night again on forty-four made baskets, I believe. So again, that's that number you want to see it up approaching twenty. They're averaging twenty-six, and a lot of yeah. that had to do with how they were earlier in the year. So this is actually by by almost any standard, a, a good Celtics passing team in terms of uh, in terms of assist numbers, uh, well ahead of where it was, you know. Uh, a year ago uh, when they went to the finals. And now you're, you really want to see it 28, 30 kind of creeping up into that direction. Cause that means they're moving the ball. They're sharing the ball. They're moving it quick. And, and the, the enemy of this team is, is dribbling. You know, yeah. just it's, when they put the ball on the floor, somebody holds it for more than two, three, four seconds, everything goes to shit. So it's nice when they don't do it. Uh, and this was another game uh, real quick. I do want to tell people again, I just want to kind of find my bearings here again. Uh, Podcast is brought to you as always by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner, CLNS Media Network. Those of you out there who want to get in on the action, Celtics are looking like a good bet these days. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston. Again, you could have gotten some pretty good numbers. They started at 10 and a half, I think. Uh, and it was uh, you know, and 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 uh and the lead and it shrunk a little bit because uh they, they weren't up big as people had uh, expected uh if you wanted to bet it at the half. But again, go to fanduel.com slash Boston, check it out, super easy to use, download it. You get two hundred bucks in bonus bets with a five dollar wager, so it's definitely uh worth it if that's something you want to check out. Back to the game though. Um you could see it's funny early on. It was a great – it's a couple things that were interesting about this game, Sherrod. The way they started, um, not a lot of threes. I think right. they ended up with 16 at the half, but it was like 11 midway through the second quarter. Yeah. But the efficiency numbers were off the charts. At that point, Tatum was 7 for 11. Jalen was doing well. I think the two of them had only taken three threes combined at that point. So. Yeah. That was interesting, but it was close, and it was close. I was wondering if Joe was going to be like, guys, start jacking him a little bit. Like, I want to see more uh, because I know that's kind of the offense that he wants. And ultimately, they got the number up to that 42 range uh, where they like to have it. Uh, but they were still just remarkably efficient when they're shooting it at 40 plus percent. Forget about it. They were moving it around. But the defense, it looked like kind of like that early season defense option. This is very much an early season win because it was defense optional until they just decided to 
step on their throats, put the foot on the gas, stretch the lead out. Other team was trying to come back. They couldn't. Turned into more transition buckets the other way, and that was all she wrote. Ball game. Uh, you know, that that exchange there where you got the Brown to Tatum layup and then the Tatum yeah. steal and over to Jalen for three. I think that was kind of all she wrote there. Uh, and then after that, they just friggin' cruised the rest of the way. They got the thing up to uh, – might have gotten to 30. But it felt like that early season, which is like they're not playing great defense, but in the second half, the defense tightened up. It did. It did. And, and I, I thought that, again, you know, we're going to obviously get into Tatum a lot, but I just thought that everyone understood their role, played their role, and didn't try to do anything more than that. I mean, Marcus Smart took three shots. Three shots. Was plus 17 when he was on the floor. And I felt that this was one of his more impactful games. Uh, I thought defensively he, he did a lot of good things. I thought he, you know, he kind of got into their space a little bit. I was a little disappointed I didn't see him more on Halliburton. But then you look over there and you're like, he's guarding Buddy Hill. Uh, so it's like, you know, you understood why he wasn't dealing with Halliburton. And, and Buddy Hill, you know, for the game was two for nine. So this was a game where I, I just thought that they're, all their guys did exactly their jobs. This was a Bill Belichick game. Do your job. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's they need to understand that's how you're going to win a championship. You're not going to win a championship if Tatum is going 12 for 37 from the field. Uh, right. And, you know, with, with, with 23s in the first half. No, you need to work the game and play to whatever your strengths are against that opponent. And Tatum had major matchup uh, advantages and, and took advantage All of night. them. Yeah. But in, in Indiana, which I thought was a little strange. Uh, they had a number of matchup advantages as well, but they didn't really milk it as much as I thought they would because Miles Turner seemed like damn near every time I looked around, he's got the ball. He's got Derek White or Tatum on him, and he he made him pay. He just literally didn't even put the ball on the floor. He just shot right over the top, and I didn't think Indiana did a good enough job of just working that that matchup because that the Celtics had no answer for that really. Um, but again, this was a good win. This was a really really good win, not because of the team they're playing. But because of the way they play, yeah, uh, they need to string these type of wins together. And and again, as I we talked about on the A list podcast, you know their schedule. When you look at the teams that they're trying that they're working with, you know Milwaukee has one of the ten toughest or remaining schedules. Philadelphia has Philly, the toughest. The toughest. Yeah, and the Celtics are somewhere in the middle. So it's it, there's it's not that inconceivable for them to gain a couple games on Milwaukee, which by the way still has a West Coast trip uh, left in them. So. This again, playing like this gives the Celtics the greatest chance to close that gap and eventually uh, overtake Milwaukee potentially for that top spot. Yeah, it's possible. It's three games in the loss column, which is tough. And obviously, you've got to win that one when you go up there this week. Uh, and if you do that, I think there's some possibilities there. I mean, they're pretty well slotted in that one, two, three. I think the Celtics have to look at it like we got to end up at least the two when you're playing the seeding game, because dropping the three is a is a is a problem because you're on the road in round two and you don't necessarily want to be. So you definitely lose um, you lose an advantage there, which is. Too bad because these are clearly the three best teams. They've separated themselves considerably, uh, and they're pretty much locked into those uh, top three spots. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's possible. And I, I think it was important before we get into individual performances because there was a lot of good ones, um, including Tatum, including White, including Rob, including Jalen, who, again, just kind of plays like he's a man on a mission. Again, both Tatum and Brown got a little loose with it once the game got, you know, uh, confident. But that's not indicative of the type of game they played. It was really – they were they, they, they were they were killers uh, when, when they had to be and when it was winning time. Uh, but you wanted to see if they could repeat it because we've seen too much one step forward, one step back uh, with the team for 40-plus games. And not fully. I mean, they still had a – a solid record during that span, but you didn't ever feel like they were playing good basketball for long stretches. It'd be eh, played crappy, but got the win here, uh, played pretty good in this one, bad game there, you know, whatever. So there was just such a mixed bag where you'd never feel like, Oh, they're rolling right now. Like Philly has been rolling, you know, and they got a, there's a lot of good things and their offensive rating has been through the roof since the all-star break. And even before that. Um, so Celtics haven't gotten on one of these roles would be great to see him get on it now because you got a lot of things going, which is one full freaking health. Um, you're working Rob back in and we'll get into Rob a little bit. He looked springy and spry tonight. Um, and that's gotta be a good sign. Uh, you're, you're wondering, you're wondering whether Joe has settled into 
this being what he's going to do, starting Derek White uh, and what that unlocks in him, playing him more minutes, what he's able to do. Again, you did this tonight without Malcolm Brogdon, who's a who's a key piece. You you took you took Grant Williams out of the doghouse and putting him back in and getting him the kind of useful minutes that he probably needs. They're starting to kind of form, which is like really important. And if you can stack a few good efforts and they're playing anywhere close to this heading into the playoffs, I don't actually care what their seeding is. I've said even when they were playing poorly, Sherrod, I still think they waltzed to the conference finals because I don't believe Philly beats them. But you start playing like this, it becomes you're a problem, you know, like they're they they get back. They just have to remember it. Right. You know, like last last game they looked in the mirror and saw themselves and they're like, Oh, let's be that. Like, can you continue to be that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like, you know, the last couple of games, it, it feels as though they're catching their second win. Yeah. That they're, they're just we like, we're okay. bored, you yeah. know, and now it's like, okay, hope? let's, let's go, let's go. We've got this. And, and, and I think it's, it's so critical that they, again, figure out who they are or better yet, who they want to be come playoff time. And I, I do like Rob coming off that bench as a backup to Al because it, it makes your bench so much stronger. Uh, and again, the way that Rob plays 15, 20 minutes a night for him, he could be a major impact player for them in a very limited uh, usage uh, because he's that good. He's, he can be that kind of difference maker. And again, as you pointed out, no Malcolm Brogdon tonight, uh, which you're, again, you're talking about another 15, 20 points that you don't, you're not getting, uh, and yet you're still able to win going away. Uh, and, and, and Derek White, I mean, we're at the, what can we say? I mean, he goes for 22, 8, and 4, 5, and it's like, okay, not a big deal. How many teams have a guy that's like maybe your fifth, sixth option who can be that impactful and it just not be that big a deal? Um, because you're so, he's just, I mean, he's just doing what he does. It's amazing. Just, I mean, again, just a completely different dude offensively uh, from who he was at this point last year when he's still trying to figure out who he is and fit in and the shooting woes were bad and he wasn't getting much going to the basket. He's just so confidently, and this is not a super athletic guy or a high riser. He's just got such an uncanny kind of sense of timing uh, and just body control. The, he had that one move with the double spin cycle, kind of, uh, you know, spin one way, spin the other in the lane. And just to be, and again, this isn't meant to be a knock on Jalen. Jalen does that stuff 8,000 miles an hour, but it feels a little bit out of control because he's going so fast and he still gets there because he's such an athletic freak. White doesn't ever feel like lost on any of those. He's going into spaces, what he needs to do to get off the shot, to get a little one-handed floater, to sometimes get it off with the left. And he's able to get it. But last year just wasn't doing that, wasn't able to get to the cup and finish, wasn't able to find that little mid-range sort of thing, and wasn't shooting nearly as confidently as he is now. Now it's just catch and snap, uh, pull the quick trigger and go. So just a different dude offensively than, than he was last year. And, and like a legit weapon now, uh, it, it just opens things up. And again, I've always been on the, even, even during last year, I've always been team, no double big. I, I really love the lineup when you're staggering Allen Rob's minutes. I really do. Yeah. You know, I, I've been real anti uh, single big. Uh, I, I've, I've, I just have, but I mean, I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at the way this team is evolving uh, and looking at what Rob can do in a very condensed period of time and how much they need someone on that second unit who can do what he does. Um, I, I kind of like it. I like I like it a lot with him playing behind Al. Uh, it, it shortens your rotation a little bit, but you know what? You're, you're only going to play nine guys in the playoffs anyway. I think we, we saw the eight that they played tonight, plus you're throwing Malcolm Brogdon, and that's your rotation, uh, your playoff rotation. So, um this was a really, again, really good win. Lots of guys did their thing. And to your point about Derek White, it's confidence. I think that's the biggest difference between yeah. him now than last year. It's just that everything he does, you see, you feel a different swagger about him, a different kind of confidence about him. Uh, and they need that. They need that so bad. Yeah. Uh, again, different, different guy. I mean, to the point that, like, again, last year he almost uh, – I wouldn't say unplayable, but his offensive struggles were so profound that Ime sometimes would just kind of leave him on the bench for spells because it was just when they were when they were hunting to find that offense, it, it, when he was so lost, um, it really did kind of negate you know who you know all of the different things that he can do. 
right now you're getting the full Derek White experience. And he keeps getting better, you know. I mean, so again, I think he's earned that spot in the lineup. It's not just a spot in the lineup, it's the spot in the lineup and the opportunity to play legitimate minutes, which is what he's doing. I know he was 37 last game, and again, you know, they 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 got to you know sit, you know, sit a bunch of guys tonight. But I mean, he's now I don't think I don't think we're gonna get a lot of Joe Missoula press conferences anymore where he's like, Yeah, I forgot about Derek White. You know, I I should have played him. Like it's amazing that, like, he said that again a week or so ago. I, I don't know how you're forgetting about this guy, but I, I, I do think that I think he's got it, you know, I think he's got it locked in. Now, I'm curious what happens as Rob plays his way back into shape if if they go back there. I, again, I don't want them to. I know you're kind of on the fence with it, but we'll see. Derek has literally been your best guard this year. I mean, Jalen, I consider a, a wing Four, small four, yeah. but as far as like guys who handle the ball, initiate your office, Derek has been your best player this season. Uh, and how do you forget <laughs> your best player? I, I don't understand that, but the, but I, I will say this though I'm hoping that Joe Missoula is embracing the fact that he's going to have to make some decisions that he may not be comfortable with, but it's for the best for the team. Like, I think Joe likes the double bigs, I think he likes it a lot, but. I'm not convinced that's necessarily the best starting lineup for you to be successful, uh, particularly when you have a guy like Rob who you can bring off the bench for 15, 20 minutes a game, and he can make the kind of impact that we know he's capable of. Yeah. Uh, and and you got, you know, you, the way that Al Horford's been playing, again, again Alice, he's been your most consistent big all season long. Uh, I mean, the dude is ranked among the league leaders in three-point shooters. How many centers? Yeah. I mean, not even, I mean, as, as great as Dirk Nowinski and, and, you know, our good friend Kelly Olenek, you know, another seven-footer who shoots threes. None of those guys were near the top of the three-point shooting standings the way Al has been this year. And it's not like Al's only taking one or two a game. I mean, they're they're looking for him to shoot threes every single night. And to his credit, he's given them that, that stretch big that they were looking for. Uh, and now when you got Rob coming off the bench, you're basically you're subbing out your stretch big for a stretch defensive big, a guy that can make that impact both – away from the rim as, as a, someone who can contest shots and yep. contest drives and a guy who can obviously do a lot of help side defensive type things inside the paint. Like we saw t- tonight, you know, Pacers player thought he had a layup and Rob just, and the funny thing about it, Rob had a block where he with did his arm. T- pit. Yeah. He didn't even, I mean, he, he, he screwed up the timing of it and he still pinned that. He pinned jumped, it he jumped two seconds early yeah. and on his way down, he down. With his armpit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> But that to me, that that's just another example of his insanely ridiculous athleticism. That even when he gets something wrong, he can make the right play. And again, only 16 minutes. And again, there were periods of tonight where Rob was catching the ball in positions where like he just wasn't comfortable. You, you just know, see him put it on the floor and try to finish at the rim. He tried to finish, like, but it wasn't with a lot of confidence. But that no, was the right play. He's just got he's got to believe in it. He kind of half-assed it. I actually think he should have pulled up from 12 feet there. He I had was hoping ball. he pulled for the jumper. Yeah. And, and I remember he had another play out on the perimeter where he I think he had a block and it had to steal. And it was basically two on one. And he's dribbling. And, he, yeah. he started to dribble, and then he's just like, uh-oh. I don't uh-oh. dribble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't what I do. Again, you know, that that aspect of Rob's game, you know, we've lamented him not having the benefit of an offseason, the ability to kind of evolve some, but that's not what you're looking for this year. You're looking for him to get his athleticism back, his timing, his, um, you know, his endurance, and be able to just, do what he does. His impact is so obvious and profound when he's out there that just having him in there just adds that other wrinkle. We've talked about it a ton uh, and we'll continue to talk about it. We're also going to be joined by Bobby Manning in a minute. Uh, let's uh, let's circle back to uh, what we were talking about before. We were talking a little Rob. We will bring Bobby Manning in uh, who's down at the garden uh, and uh, and uh, Bobby, what's going on? Sherrod might need to take a quick powder here. So you carry you carry the load for a little bit. Yeah, a good win all around. You did everything right in this one for the most part. Turnovers midway through the game into the second half, probably the sloppiest thing you saw from the Celtics in this one. But the defense, pretty intense again, pretty switchy. Second half uh, thought- for sure. I thought they were dropping a lot early and kind of playing passive and letting all these floaters go over their head. Second half, you saw Rob up 
and deflecting balls, catching passes, three steals in this one. And then, of course, the help side down low. I know you guys were in the middle of talking about Rob right when I came in. Uh, this is the kind of Rob you're looking for defensively in the right spots, uh, engaged uh, in the right positions when guys are getting back down low. And I know Turner got a ton of shots up over uh, Celtics defenders in this one, but nothing that really hurt them. And they stopped enough Again, of them to. It's a strategy, right, Bobby? Yeah. They want them to shoot those. Like they're playing that on purpose. They want them to limit shooting. the threes, right? Yeah, to limit the threes. They're they're kind of luring them in, and if you make it, you make it. What happened in the first half is a lot of those went in, and it looked like the defense was soft. They did get beat on the pick and roll a little bit as well. But um, you're right; they're almost kind of willing those shots to be what they want to do. Pacers did not shoot a lot of threes in this game at no. all. No, the Celtics, especially third quarter where they got a ton up, yeah. took a pretty strong advantage there. Though, I thought the Celtics had a good tone getting paint touches early. Uh, you, you saw them play the kind of offense you're looking for them to play at this point, which is inside out, multiple layers of passing. Uh, Tatum and Brown, I thought, moved the ball very well. Brown actually got a little bit of bump in ball time, I noticed, too, in this one. And yeah. he had his ups and downs there, but he hit that mid-range shot. Uh, and then Derek White as aggressive as I've seen him all year in this one. I thought that was a big, big story out of this one. Joe Sway pointed that out to me, uh, just how aggressive he was in the scoring game. Incredible. We, we, Sherrod and I talked about it too, just the confidence in attacking. Um, you had that double spin move, uh, which was just gorgeous, you know, and just being able to read the defense and, you know, being able to get around the defender and get that shot off. But he, he really did attack aggressively and he's gotten so good at, being able to kind of get that shot off and, 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 and impact the game in that way. And then he's just stroking it much more confidently, obviously from three as well. So, I mean, you know, Sherrod and I were talking about Sherrod's always been a double big proponent is whether Joe has seen it now enough to enough to believe that this is where, again, we're talking what eight games, Bobby, you're going to pull a bait and switch and go double big starting lineup in the last three or four and enter the playoffs with it, or just say, I'm riding with this right now. I, I think you're right with this. And Joe left the door open to go back to it. Uh, so he's not committing to anything there. I think that's what most coaches would do. Uh, I think he said it's going to depend on matchups, uh, the team they play in the playoffs, and injuries, of course. If you see, see one of those starters go down, you could go back to double big. Rob's probably your sixth or seventh man there, especially considering Brogdon's not going to start. Uh, and that was another impressive thing in this one. They didn't have Brogdon, but that's for later. Uh, I'd stick with this small ball lineup the margins they've built outscoring opponents and playing great offense with that group uh pretty substantial at this Back point you don't have enough season Back you don't have enough t- you don't have enough time left to develop that starting lineup from last year i think that's nope. the biggest thing and rob's still limited i think what do you play 16 in this one i just saw well i he gets back in he would have gotten back in for another five six minute stretch if it wasn't a blowout yep. so that he didn't get his fourth quarter minutes but he's playing five and he's playing five, he's playing five to six minutes this is what we talked about if if you if he can't go 30 t- put him off the bench and play him play the hockey shifts go five minutes at a time. And that's what they're doing. You even see it early. Al subbed out before the five minute mark, you know, like Al came out, you know, like four forty-five into the game and they brought in Rob and he played five minutes and then Al comes back in. I like that, you know, like I don't mind that at all of being the thing that they do. Sherrod had to relocate. He's in the bowels of TD garden, but he's here um, hanging out. But like Bobby, I think that's what you have to do for multiple reasons to keep everybody fresh and healthy between two people. And we've been saying this from the start, like you've got an old man in Horford that you cannot be stacking 37 minutes on that body in the playoffs. You can't do it. And then you got Rob who has just shown that he's just not able to carry the load right now. And you just got to get him through. The only way you can do this, it's not just who's playing better. The only way to do it is to stagger those guys at this point and get, and get max value out of both. I know maybe in a dream scenario, if Al was four years younger and Rob was fully healthy, you'd ride that double big lineup into the sunset and just shut people down defensively. But you have to play, you got to play the hand you're dealt. And given all the circumstances here, I don't see how he could possibly uh, switch back. Right. And, and the other thing, too, just to point this out, is, is the fact that, one, it's working. Two, you have an alternative that is successful. And three, you're doing what you're supposed to do as a coach, which is maximizing the value of the talent that you have around you. 
Uh, Derek White deserves to be out there significant minutes. Malcolm Brogdon deserves to be out there significant minutes. Uh, and Rob, as much as you want him to be out there, you've got to be smart about his minutes. Uh, he's in a you, you have to put him in a different category when it comes to how you utilize him. You can't look at him the way that you would a Al Horford or a Malcolm Brogdon or a Derek White because those guys have, I think, just a little bit more bandwidth to be out there and play major minutes. Rob, you're not going to see him play 35 minutes in the playoffs. That's not that, that game is not going to happen. Period. Uh, Kenny, no, I don't see why you would unless he's having a phenomenal game because you know if he even if he's having a great game in the back of your mind, if you're coaching, you're thinking like, damn, we're at 27 minutes. He's been really good. Let's not push our luck. Let's. Well, here's the good thing about bringing him out the bench. We saw this early this year. You can play that double big lineup in rotation, which they haven't done yet, uh, but I think they could potentially uh, in a postseason setting. But you can also close with Rob if he does show you huge spurts uh, in those bench rotations, and they did that early this year too. They're going to need a lot of him, I think, come postseason. I don't know if you can limit him to 20, and I know it looks good in these regular season settings, but every minute's so important in the playoffs that if you have him off the floor, Horford's struggling in a game or just not giving you the maximum Horford impact, that's going to become a tough trade-off, I think, for Joe to handle. And it's just going to be another one of these rotation decisions. Uh, White versus Brogdon, Rob versus Al in the flow of these games. I don't think the rotations are set out in front of them. Fortunately, I think the starting lineup is. That group's so good. I think that's going to be the easiest thing for Joe to manage into the playoffs is just rolling that group out to start every game. But you might play a big team uh, like uh, Milwaukee that forces you to adjust a little bit. I've said this, and Jimmy said it too. Don't worry about matching up with other people. You have better players than they do. Make them worry about you. I don't care. I don't understand that philosophy. I'm not mad, Bobby. I just don't get it. The Celtics have the best team when they're all healthy and when they're all playing well. They have the best depth. They have the most talent. Make people respond to you. Don't just throw guys in there and throw your whole, throw everything that you do well out the window. Sure, you'll get beat in some areas, but don't obsess over them. You're going to be better than them in so many others. You're the problem. Yeah, not, it's less about that, yeah. John, though, and just making sure you have your five best guys on the court. It's as long fine. As possible. You're going to mix and match, and there's going to be times where you are going to play couple bigs on the court at the same time, but keep your starting lineup and keep the rotations going and then adjust as needed. You feel like you're getting killed inside and you need a little more beef. Yeah. Grant's minutes might go up and you're going to make sure that he's out there a little bit more with one of the bigs and you're not going three guards or whatever. Absolutely. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not mad, Bobby. I'm just disappointed. I just, I don't like that philosophy. I think if you're the golden state didn't worry that they were too small you know, and like, well, let's just put tall people in there because other people are big. No, everyone's like, how the hell yeah, are we going to stay with players, these guys? Their yeah. best players weren't their bigs. And Horford's in that five, six mix. Rob he is, but best. that's the thing is you don't it's have to worry. Top four, top you four, have five. players who are capable. You just don't need to overdo it and be like, I need to be as big as possible here. Play your game. You're good enough. You have enough size, other places to compensate for it. You're long. All of your guards are big. Like you're not. You that's the key. Be worried I about mean, it. White and Smart hold up so They're well so big. That everybody's so long, you know, like it's just, it, it, it's, they're okay there. You know, if they're, if they're keeping it, you know, if they're, you know, not falling asleep on the boards and this and that, like, look, what are you going to do? Embiid's a friggin' monster, you know, like that's always going to be a problem. It doesn't matter. Embiid can go off for 40, 50. If you've got everything else locked down, you're still going to be okay against that team. Looks like Jalen's talking right now. So I'm going to go check in over there and right. be back. Bobby, do your thing. Uh, we'll hold it down. Um, Bobby's going to make sure you say something nice to Jalen. Be nice to him. Be nice to Jalen. Be exactly. nice. He's leaving because of jerks like you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> damn it bobby damn God, it Bo bobby be nice be nice to jalen uh we're gonna take a quick pause we will tell you about another sponsor of ours um jump jumping back to it Sherrod. um somebody put something interesting in the comments i figured worth uh mentioning um you spoke you talked about marcus smart uh having uh fewer shots tonight yeah um and Someone in the comments was like, well, when D White's in there, 
um, Marcus shoots less. I don't know if that's the case all the time. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that is the case all the time either. Um, yeah. I, and and I, 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 in fact, you know, I, again, I'd have to look at the numbers and crunch them, but my gut tells me his num his shot taking numbers are about the same. Uh, if not, they're more. But in, uh, <laughs> which is not good. Which is not good. So why do you think you have a game like this with Marcus where he decides I only need to take three? Because we've always said the best Marcus is to give the game what it need what he needs, Marcus, right? And sometimes he sees Tatum and Brown aren't kind of doing their thing. And he's like, I'm going to be the one who's going to be aggressive. I don't like what we're doing right now. So sometimes he will take it upon himself and try to take a little bit more of a leadership role in the offense. Sometimes he does it for no discernible reason at all. And then other times he has a game like this with three shots or five shots or six shots. And then the next game he's going to shoot 11 threes. So I don't really know that Marcus consciously does anything. I think he's in the game and he kind of feels it. Whatever happens, happens. So I don't know that he's sliding into the role you want him to play in a game like this. I think it just kind of happened, but I'm not sure. I, I think tonight was more about Marcus focusing on Buddy Hill, knowing that he had to be really good at that end of the floor. And the results were Buddy Hill goes two for nine. Yeah. Uh, so, And again, I, I think there are certain matches where Marcus is going to, I think, mentally lock in at that end of the floor more so than others. And I thought this was one of those games because he knew that if he wasn't guarding Hill, he would be guarding, you know, you know Halliburton, who's a hell of a player. And so he really couldn't, I, I think, afford to have those five, six, seven heat check type shots when he's really not hot. Didn't it feel, by the way, that Halliburton had a bigger game than he did? It did. I, when I looked at the final box, I was like, did I miss like 10? Did they miss like 10 points that he scored? Yeah. I mean, he had a good game, but, you know, didn't, it, didn't knock it, down the threes. I felt like he was just impacting the game more and scoring more and again it's still a good line 20 points nine assists um but uh i i thought the number would be bigger i actually felt the same way about sabonis last game every time i looked i yeah. thought he was scoring and then i was like he had 16 points um so not exactly what i uh what i'd expected they did a decent job there uh turner again second straight game he's really killed him he's rounded into a decent he's again last couple times celtics have seen him he's looked all world but um you know uh, I thought he had a decent game too, but again, just not enough firepower on the other side to stay to stay with the Celtics. That's what they were doing to teams early in the year. It's just you're not going to be able to keep up with us, right? Right. And I, yeah, Halliburton. It felt. I mean, just if I didn't look at the box score, I would have thought he had like 30 points. Uh, and similar, I it felt it felt that he was making a bigger impact. But the thing about it is, most of his damage was done in the first half. Uh, they did a really good job of making him a very a minimal impact player in, in the second. And, and again, lots of guys deserve credit for that. Certainly Marcus Smart, Derek White are, you know, front and center of, of that charge. And the role players, you know, the guys that don't play major minutes, I thought did a heck of a job in, in the, the limited time. You know, we haven't mentioned Sam Hauser's name uh, today. And, and Sam, I mean, he had a quick, you know, nine points, five rebounds. Uh, it was a plus 11 out there, played almost 24 minutes. And I get he got a few extra minutes just because he got so lopsided. But even when he was playing and the game was still a game, Sam was playing well. And that's what they, they need. All those guys who are kind of like those fringe rotation type guys, they have to do whatever their strength is, whatever got their asses to the NBA. They need to maximize that when they get out there on the floor. And I thought Sam did that. Uh, Grant, I thought, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I, I thought he did a couple of nice things uh, out there as well. And, and obviously, we've already talked about Time Lord. So, yeah. Yeah, we have. What we have not talked enough about is um, is uh, is uh, Tatum, uh, who, again, uh, sets the franchise record for most 30-point uh, games in a season with 40 passing Larry Bird. And I will say in Larry's defense, if three-pointers were fashionable there, Larry would have had about 70 uh, 30-point games that year. But doesn't matter. It's still an insane accomplishment. But it's not just that. That's just numbers, and it doesn't really matter. What does matter is it's a second straight game where he's led by attacking um, and being aggressive and getting going to the basket, and it's clearly a choice. Um, a lot of what he's doing is a choice, and almost like a, you know, I looked in the mirror and I and I did and I and I and I did recognize I was not doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. I wasn't doing the things that can make me most effective. I was leaning too much into uh, three-point shooting and staying on the perimeter and trying to ISO and trying to do all of these things that 
frankly, he's not good at, certainly not this year, but he's been very good at getting to the basket, getting to the line and, 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 and finishing much better than he has in years past. And it just, it's almost like, it's like the superhero that's discovering their power. Like uh, I'm six, eight, six, nine long, I've got some added muscle to my frame. I'm pretty slippery and I can take it to people. Uh, so like, let's just do that. And the quick decision-making and doing it, it was nice to see back-to-back games, him having this kind of game. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt the last couple of games almost if this was like the Jason Tatum accountability tour yeah. where he's just saying, you know what? I'm going to accept the fact that I've not played my best basketball and I'm going to change that right before your very eyes. I'm yep. going to attack guys off the dribble. I'm going to post them. I'm going to force the defense to flex and pivot uh, in a way they're not expecting me to because they're looking for me to just raise up and shoot threes, but I'm just going to back these little guards down and I'm going to force you to do something to try and stop me. And if you play me too close, I'm going to find a teammate. I'm going to keep the ball moving, but I think I can score over whoever you put on me. And yeah. that's what he did. I thought tonight, just over and over and over again. Yeah. More in the post uh, for sure. Um, and uh, you know, that you're seeing that and just more quick decision-making getting to the, you know, just deciding, just I'm going to attack faster before the defense settles. I think that's always part of this problem is setting guys up. Um, and uh, he hasn't been doing that. He's also had two, I mean, you might even say that Utah game was kind of a low point game. I mean, he's had bad games this year, but he looked, I've never seen him look as lost or disengaged or whatever it was, you know, as he did in that game, didn't attempt a lot of shots, wasn't, didn't, wasn't responsible on defense, didn't impact the game at all. Um, And, uh, you know, this is kind of like during that run where Jalen Brown has really stepped way up in terms of both being more aggressive, uh, considering himself at times to be the alpha because the reality was Tatum was not, and I'm not trying to stir any stir the pot here, but Brown did talk about leadership and accountability before that interview came out about, you know, it's kind of up to us to step up. But at the time, you know, I'm not saying he was saying it to like, you know, to be critical of Tatum, but it's like, sometimes that guy's got to be me, you know, like it's not, I can't wait around always for this guy to do it. Even though, you know, you guys might think Tatum's the savior. Like I can be that guy too. And I, and he's been that guy. And so, uh, you know, now Tatum's got two straight games uh, where he's like, yeah, I'm that guy too, you know? And like, that's kind of the best balance I think with these guys is why it doesn't have to be one A and one B. It just has to be two people that recognize at either point in time, one or the other of us needs to be, uh, you know, uh, taking charge of situations to make sure that we don't let things go completely, uh, you know, off the rails. But really, both of us should be like, there's no excuse for us not to just be doing what we do all the time. So Tatum's kind of stepped up, too. It's actually great to see them both have dominant games the last two games. Yeah. And, and the thing that I'm, I'm starting to notice is that not only are they doing the scoring, which we know they're both capable of doing, but they're also doing a better job of being playmakers on the same night. I mean, Jalen has had four straight games where he's had at least four assists. And I don't know if he's had a stretch like that in his career where the playmaking, getting guys the ball where they can get easy shots yeah. has been as blatantly obvious uh, and intentional as he's made it out to be. And, you know, it, it I mean, it's basketball one-on-one. If you're a great scorer and you start getting your teammates shots and they're scoring, that's going to create more opportunities for you down the road to do what you do well. Yeah, and they're going to like you more. Um, But, yeah, again, you know, a a great game. And, again, sharing the ball, 24 shots Tatum, 23 shots Brown. Uh, They were both crazy involved. Uh, you know, Tatum playing two of his best games since uh, since Jalen kind of outed him as uh, wanting to trade him for KD. Um, he didn't fully do that, but, um, there's no, there's definitely no, it doesn't look like they played two of their best games since Jalen came out there. I wonder if everyone's trying to impress Jalen right now, you know, like they should, let's all be on our best behavior. So Jalen stays, you know, like, let's get along, let's just share the ball and let's do, you know, all of these fun things and, and, uh, and get it going. But, uh, yeah, two great games since J- since the Jalen article threatened to blow up the team, threatened to blow up the franchise. Well, I mean, it, it, we, we've seen this this movie before where something comes out that's not all that flattering and then all of a sudden things change. I mean, remember, you know, it was last year when 
you know, Marcus Marset, Jalen, and, and Jason need to pass the ball more. And then yeah. all of a sudden, the ball starts whipping around. Wins start racking up. Ime is looking like damn coach of the year. And and next thing you know, they're two wins away from an NBA championship. Yeah, they don't have uncomfortable conversations. They just they they air some <laughs> they they air some grievances, put it out there through the evil media that takes things out of context. But what do you know? Boom. That and a little trip to wine country, and uh, these guys, are, these guys, <laughs> these guys are great now. Uh, Joe Sway, my dude. Joe Sway, you were in there. Um, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to talk to some people, but uh, you know, uh, your general kind of observations. Yeah, I mean, look, I just feel like they're they they know that this is it. Like they they have to find this momentum before the playoffs start, and and, and they know that they can do that. I just think all of this talk and you know things uh, uh, circling about Jalen's future is just something that they they. They're going to keep it about basketball. And, and that's exactly what, for the most part, Jalen was saying just, what, two minutes ago uh, when he was talking to the media. Uh, of course, he got his questions about the article. And, you know, he's not going to – I just feel like he doesn't owe anyone an explanation. And of course, Jalen feels the same way. So uh, he, he didn't do the whole, like, I'm not going to answer that question. He did a good job of expressing himself in the, in, in the sense of, uh, you know, he, he's not always going to tell everybody what's going on in his mind because, you know – that's just who he is. But at the same time, I mean, he's going to go out there and play ball. He's going to put out the, the best effort he, he has. And it's interesting because it seemed like Southern PR were trying to wrap up the, uh, the the press conference. But one of the guys goes, any more questions? I'm like, yeah, I got, I got one last one. And Jalen is on his way up. And he just gives me that face like, uh, like another one. I'm just like, like, I almost said, don't worry. Yeah, another one. It's why not, why yeah, do you hate us? You'll be okay. Don't worry. Like, you know, I, I didn't even say that, though. I just said, look, Jalen. Uh, well, I didn't say it like that. But I was like compared to obviously last season which was an incredible run to the playoffs like how much do you look at that final stretch of the regular season and think to yourself man we got to hit that mark or we have to do better than that or, or or is all that just in the rearview mirror and he's like man i think about that every single day that is the motivation the way we got to the nba finals last year getting back to the finals this year and that's exactly what motivates me every single day. And I love that response from Jalen because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. I mean, we talked about this a couple of days ago where I, I'm, and I'm still in the camp of, of saying, I don't think Jalen, if, if this team is successful, this team wins a championship, that changes things. It changes the narrative. It puts Tatum and Brown in a space where everyone's wondering, can they do it again? Is this a dynasty? They're young. They're going into their prime. And, and that's the kind of narrative that's going to keep Jalen around. Obviously, people can say what they want about all NBA and that incentive. Yeah, that helps. That helps in a big way. Don't get me wrong. But I also think winning helps. And I think that's what Jalen wants to focus, wants everyone to focus on, on this team, on winning. He doesn't want to be a distraction. I, I really don't think he does. Yeah, it, then don't give the interviews. And Celtics fans don't want to hear that, but yeah, exactly. They have that same they, they got I, you know what, same energy. Like, they have that same energy you have. That's right. I don't, I don't think he gives a damn about the whole distraction or not. It's just like because you no, know, even if he's not having those conversations, there's going to be something out there in some way, shape, or form that could potentially distract him from their goal. So as grown ass men who are competing for a championship, you put all that stuff to the side. Because if you're, if you're letting, like, the conversations that he's having with this newspaper or that newspaper affect how you're playing, come on. You got you have the problem, not Jalen. You're the issue, not Jalen. Uh, I love the fact that even with all this stuff circling around, you know, about his future and stuff, he's still giving you 25, 6, and 5. Right. He's still finding right. ways to impact the game, which to me is, is as clear an indication as any that – all this this white noise is just that right. it's white noise he's not paying attention to that and, yeah. and, but he's caught but he caused it so again like, he caused it but I, but my point is he does not give a damn about the damage him. that comes about you know he didn't accidentally knock over a vase he friggin' gave an interview and said a bunch of stuff you know like it's not oops you know like he did it like he did it he put he spoke it into existence um, yeah, but so, you're making this you make it sound like he's they did the interview being like, oh, this, this is gonna get them wrong. Uh, this is pretty good from no no no. I mean, but it's it's not that look, I think Jalen is a guy like many people who want to give an account of themselves. They want to be they want the record straight. Why have people think, you know, trying to put thoughts like here's what I think Jalen Brown is about. Here's what I think he's thinking. He's a guy who wants you to know what he's thinking. And that, so he put it out there, but some of those things were uncomfortable for some people to hear. Um, and so and he's gonna, never been one to shy away from doing the uncomfortable. Or so that's what he does. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's fine. I'm not. It, this isn't disparaging Jalen at all. But he chose to do it, and right. if it did become a distraction, that's on him too. So um, you know, it doesn't look like it is um, at all. And uh, you know, and that's what we have. I'm going to put on the reading glasses and read a tweet here. Um, Jason Tatum was asked about the summer call with Jalen Brown, and again, for those who don't really fully understand the situation or didn't read the article. One of the things Jalen talked about was uh, when he's hearing the Durant stuff, he's like, what the F man, I'm seeing, you know, pictures of Jason Tatum. I know he and Durant are buddies. I don't know if he, I don't know where he sits on this thing. Celtics keep bringing my name up. Nobody's talking to me. So he calls a three-way conversation with Stevens and Tatum and is like, so what do you guys want me here or what? Um, And uh, the Tatum was asked about it. And he said, just resharing the obvious that we need him and he's a big part of this team and this franchise. Without him, we can't reach our goal. Uh, you guys know that. The world knows that. The team knows that. So there's Tatum. Um, again, nothing is ever warm and fuzzy with these guys, uh, but stating the obvious that, like, yeah, we need him. You know, I love the fact that nothing is warm and fuzzy with him. I <laughs> Nothing's love that. ever I warm and fuzzy. And, you know, and the reason I love that is Do you like Jason Tatum? He plays basketball with me. That's the answer. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> That, I am all about the uncomfortable, comfortable relationship that they have. Because that's just who they are. He plays that's basketball. Sometimes I give him the ball. Sometimes he scores. Sometimes I score. Next question. He passes to me every now and then. I'll pass to him every now and then. You got you, no, 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 the classic line. You guys know that. Though, you guys know that, right? Yeah, you guys know that. I love it. I, love it. I absolutely love it. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Because there's a part of me that that is embracing the fact that they are totally playing the media. Without, and I mean, I would love that too. And, and, I, and I love it how it, how people just get so worked up over you know Tatum not giving them the, the precise sound that they're looking for to compliment Jalen to a certain level of happiness. And I'm just like these. They're so damn young, and they've done they so are. much but, to be that damn young. But in that, this case. I think actually Tatum's in a really tough spot because he really likes KD and yeah. Jalen's his teammate. And if KD came here, he'd be like, okay. okay. <laughs> so the reality is he's probably, there's no way he's storming into the front office and saying, no, never. But you know, wait, you know wait, like wait. he's not, I think he'd be okay. But I think like it'd be dishonest for anybody to say. Well, that's, the, that's the thing about it. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I don't I, want, I don't want this awesome player here like it stinks you know you you know it's not an indictment of Jalen it's like you would trade literally everybody but three everybody but five players in the NBA you would trade for Durant you know and I I think it was Mikhail Bridges when and he was part of the deal that brought him from Phoenix to Brooklyn said you know if it were me I would have traded me for him too and I think there's just a handful of guys there's a handful of guys in the NBA that if you are an NBA player and you were involved in a trade that involved you going to another team and that player coming to your your current team you would totally understand that and I love the fact that Jalen embraces the fact that yeah he's nice but yeah, I do know that I'm kind of nice too. Yeah, uh, you do know that I'm like, I mean, I'm giving you twenty five five and whatever, and I'm like the second option on yeah. a good night. So that's a good point, Sherrod. Because but, there, but, but there's certain players, like I said, there's certain players who are just no matter who you are in, in this whole NBA ecosystem, they're going to have more value to another team than you will, no matter what you do. Uh, it's just a reality. And but I do like the fact that for Jalen. He's got a little edge about that. It, it makes me think about, remember, how Jay, how Jay Crowder was whenever you brought up Gordon Hayward uh, and how there was a clear edge about he, him. He was, Hayward wasn't even brought up. The garden, she, like, cheered for him or something. And he was like, <laughs> I was there. I'm never talking to anyone ever again. I'm taking my ball and going home. I'm going to hold my breath until I turn blue. Like, just he just that, got so mad. I just know the last game that Gordon played with Utah in the garden was Jay Crowder's, one of his best games that season. Jay was so damn good that night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was like all-star Jay, Jay Crowder that night. And it was because, again, he played with a chip on his shoulder. But, again, back to Kevin Durant, you can't help but recognize the fact that any team that has an opportunity to get him be willing to trade damn near anybody on the roster to make that happen. Yeah. Bobby, you were trying to jump in there? Yeah, I, I think it makes perfect sense that Tatum looks at Durant in that way. Because we know Tatum, I think, has a certain level of admiration for the greats of the game. Grew up watching Durant, all those things. And obviously, he's still a guy at the top of the game right now. 
I'd be curious to ask and and see again if we're gonna parse answers about Jalen and I you know I asked one tonight but another one I have is kind of how he looks at Jalen in the standing of the league uh, like is there that same level of admiration and respect yeah. and uh, you know like again we know Jalen's not Durant or um, you know name the best players in the game and be Jokic any of these guys but we know Jalen sees himself at a certain level. He's got that confidence. He's got that competitiveness. Uh, he sees himself on par with the KD, I'm almost certain. And so that's probably a little bit of the divide at that time is that Tatum's looking and saying, man, this guy's this guy's uh, you know, one, two, three in the league, top five at the worst. Uh, where's Brown in his mind? You know, and a, a guy who really helps us. Um, you know, we, we need him. We, we, we got to have him on the roster to, you know, do what we want to do here. But is he KD? I don't know. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this, because I put it in a text message, but, um, you know, just throwing it out there. We talk about, like, what could be said instead. Forget warm and fuzzy. Let me ask you this. If Tatum said this one thing one time, how long, how far would this go? Um, if ever asked, like, you know, do you consider your, like, you know, how do you consider Jalen's role on this team? Like, or do you consider yourself to be the leader? And if he said something along the lines of, I, I, Jalen is every bit as much the leader as I am and every bit as important to this team as I am. I don't view it as I'm the guy and he's number two. I view it as we are two number ones, equal co-leaders, equal responsibility here. Um, Every bit as good as I am, every bit as much a right to blah, 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 blah. Anything that made it seem like he views him as a co-equal, because I think part of it is everyone's saying Tatum's the guy and Tatum's never not said he's the guy you know i think he's just kind of riding the everyone thinks i'm the guy you know like sort of thing and i wonder like just speaking it into existence like nah man we're both the guy you You know know, like john he can't win that discussion because here's the thing because like how do do Kawhi and george treat it i don't think Kawhi's like well yeah i mean it's me they're part it is a tough spot john yeah the the problem for yeah he's also not dealing with trade rumors yeah well the problem for that scenario was that if Tatum takes that particular stance, then he's going to be called weak leader. He's not a great leader because he's already conceding. Yeah. Da, da, da. And if he continues to do what he's doing now, he's going to catch some flack. He's going to catch some strays for that too. So Tatum can't win that discussion at all. Yeah. Uh, and so if you can't win the conversation, then shut the hell up, which is pretty much what he's doing. When he's, you know, the only time he ever talks about their dynamic is when he's asked about it. Uh, and I think that's yeah, the but that's well, the question is that's the thing. He can throw him a bone every once in a while. Yeah, Ball. Throw him a bone. That's all I I'm saying. What you're saying yeah. But if I'm Jason Tatum, I'm doing the same it's damn like, thing I'm doing right now. Yeah, but Sherrod, he's, he's, he's not the only leader. He's pretty once in a while. He's not the only leader pretty. We play pretty. <laughs> At the end of the season, when that, when, when you got Jimmy Bring Butler and guys going one to three, can't cool. What are we doing? We're, playing, we're preparing for the next game. He knows he's pretty. Make a cool Just give him some flowers. He needs to hear it sometimes, Sherrod. No, he don't. He, he doesn't need to hear it. I mean, when he, he saw he does. when he saw his all-star counterpart balling up with the one of the greatest superstars, I mean, one of the greatest scorers ever, I'm sure he felt a little insecure. He felt a certain way about it. And come on, you really think Tatum was going to reach out to him by himself and be like, hey, I know you've been hearing stuff, but don't worry about this picture. No, that's him. not him. That's, that's not never going to happen. That's why no. Jalen did what he did. And I'm, I, I, I thought it was revealing that he said that. He didn't have to say that, but he, he, he mentioned and it. And then he could just, be public, yeah. Josue. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't. I, I just think it's it's a reminder to, of, of where he is. You know what I mean? Like people people forget. I'm all on, I'm on Jalen's I'm on Jalen's side. This, this entire like narrative. Like I don't care how this plays out. I'm, I'm rocking with Jalen because to me, he's the one guy that has kept it 100 in this entire process. I mean, when something was said that pissed him off, he let you know that. When something bothered him a little bit, he kind of let you know that. He's not going to give it to you straight no chaser, but he's going to make you aware of what he's thinking. Uh, and I respect the hell out of that, even if I don't always agree with it. Uh, but I respect the fact that he keeps things relatively on the level for you. Wait, I'm told, breaking news, this is the end of it. Jalen wants to be a Celtic, and Celtics want Jalen. That's it. Are you sure? The comment okay. section flipping out right now. They're Case really closed. Okay, thanks for coming out. Good night. Couple. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's what Jalen said in his article. I definitely want to be here. Totally said it. Uh, again. It doesn't matter. It's a story for the offseason. What we are talking about is um, 
Jalen's run right now, the run he's been on, and I kind of joked about, like, if the Celtics want to do the right, not the right thing, if the Celtics are concerned about the Jalen thing and all NBA locks him in here because of the money that he can make versus what he would make elsewhere, um, this little heater that he's on, if he can continue it, through the rest of the season, I like I joked, sit Tatum and let Tatum let let Jalen get a few forty pieces here, uh, which you can't do because seating is important. But this friggin' heater, him playing his best ball, twenty seven every face, night with the face mask. But I mean, just been an assassin, you know. If that keeps going and yeah. they don't selectively rest him, and 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 the threes coming around, too, and John. you're to and you're looking at John Morant's issues and what that does to him as as a lock in the All NBA conversation now, and Kevin Durant getting hurt again after being hurt with the knee kind of knocks him out. And if you can mm. get Jalen is there as a forward, sure, I think sure I think I think things change there. I think I think Paul George, Paul George just got hurt too. Yeah, he continues on this heater, and and he's I think he's 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 starting to kind of you know head there. Even if even if they they position him as a guard, I think he still has a, a good shot because a lot of the guards that would be kind of in the same class with him as all, all NBA in the past aren't going to be there. Like Trey Young, I can't see Trey Young being all NBA this year. I mean that that hot mess in Atlanta, so that's one spot right there. Um, I, I think Chris Paul, I think may have been all NBA last year. That that might that's another spot that's probably going to be opened up. So. At the end of the day, I, I think James. I worry about the guard game. spot. I do. You got it's, it's a tight, it's a tighter contest with the guard spot. I will give you that, Bobby. But I, I yeah. still don't. I don't. I don't think it's by any stretch. I would. Let's put it this way. When Jalen is named All NBA, and I'm gonna put it out there right now, it's gonna happen. I, I'm not gonna be shocked at all. At no, because I think the forward spot's so wide open. But guard: Doncic, Mitchell, Curry, Fox, Halliburton. SGA, Lillard, Morant, as you said, Brunson's been great, Harden, but the problem with all the Bobby, the problem with, with a lot of those guys you named is that they are the number one option on a team that isn't as good as the Celtics. And Tate and Jalen's numbers are just as good in many instances as a lot of those guys. And he's the number two option on a team that's winning more. Yeah, I, I think the, that, the, I think that's really gonna, gonna be the, the, the Celtics were hurt when they slipped performance-wise. Celtics play their way into a one or a two seed, and Jalen stays on this heater. Um, he's got a lot better chance. Just the entire conversation around the Celtics has been a little ugly, and they're less they're just not in, on vogue the way they were early. If they kept up what they were doing early in the season and were just croaking teams, Jalen walks in with less impressive stats because they're like, How are we not putting two guys they on this, on they this juggernaut team? They still might, because you might be looking at it like this is one of the three best teams in the NBA. You're telling me I'm not including this other guy? That's ludicrous. I think nationally, like, I think nationally they have a ton of respect, John. Every time I, 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 you hear yeah. someone talk about this team, they're like, really? Top five defense, top five offense. People are panicking about this group. That's all I hear. Uh, and, you know, we have a more close. Well, people have selective has memories. That, has that ever happened before, John? Like, has that, the, the, the best scoring duo in the NBA? Yeah. Not they. I don't know. One of them didn't make all. But one people of the, have uh, selective memories, and and uh, you know you're seeing teams like Philly and and Milwaukee playing better um, of late. So like all of a sudden Harden looks a little bit better to you. You know what I mean? Is like so things can change. You know people's perceptions change. They're very like I said, they remember they have short memories and the stuff that happened. There's a recency bias in this. So I yeah. I do think like I said this heater and the Celtics finishing strong helps us helps us cause a lot. It does. it does, and the fact that forward's so thin. And Sherrod, I was going to ask you, where you're going to have option to vote for him as a guard and a forward, I think that goes one of two ways, right? Some people might see him as a guard and that vote might get split, or the opportunity to vote for him at a forward where there's so many guards. Maybe guys just say, all right, Brown's an all-NBA guy. This forward spot's open. Let me just put him over here. I wonder which way that's going to swing. Bobby, at the end of the day, Bobby, I think they're going to categorize him as a guard. Uh, I, I think that's – I mean, that's how he was on the All-Star ballot. I think that's how it's, it's going to be when they pick the All-NBA team. And I it's think he'll be there. It is. It, well, the, part of the problem, John, is, is the fact that you have to have centers on All-NBA. You can't just have three bigs. Uh, and that's the problem. I mean, really, if we were doing just centers, you'd have Joel, you'd have Jokic. That's probably it. Yeah, that's, pro that's probably it. But you're going to have to sneak Sabonis on gonna, there, you know? Right. You're going to have to have a third center who, in a perf in a, in a, if we're being real, shouldn't be all NBA. But they're yeah. going to be because they got to have a center. 
And that's no knocking Sabonis here. We love Sabonis. No, he's been great. There's so many good players. That's the thing. There's so many good players right now. You can make a case for 30 guys for all NBA. It's 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 so there's a, there's so many good 25 easy, you know? Um, so I don't know. It, it, we'll see what it is there. But again, he's everything about Jalen's game has ticked up, um, you know, uh, recently since his return, including the three point shooting. Uh, and again, I'm not sure the, the, the full stretch of it, but it's up closer to 40% over the last, um, you know, uh, series of games. Uh, he's working that mid range back in there. So just a lot of stuff is clicking for Brown right now, which just bodes well, obviously like the all NBA thing is nice, but just, just having him cooking like this right now. Um, and, uh, is uh, again, last two games, this looks like that team. That's like, we're good, you know, like. We we got it. We'll be fine. You know, we'll we'll eventually just we'll just step on teams' throats and put them away. Um, and uh, you know, plus they have Rob now. So again, I don't know what better position you want the Celtics to be in. If they continue this stretch that they're playing in right now, you got to feel pretty good. You do, yeah. yeah. Especially when the offense is. It feels like away. they're almost. It feels like they're almost sensing it's go time, John. Like you and, see a and, little bit more energy. Right, I mean, they're yeah. up what eighteen tonight when Horford chases down, healed, and blocks them, uh, yeah. or fifteen or seventeen rather. It would have been fifteen. They go the other way. Hauser hits that three, and that's the ball game. Uh, so they're trying to extend these leads. They did so tonight. Finally, after we've seen those slip a lot in recent weeks, and defensively, I think you're just starting to see them look a little bit more like themselves, which is so crucial because I think that's going to really determine how serious they are of a championship contender how close they can get back to that disruptiveness from last year we've talked all year john about their issues in isolation their lack of forced turnovers and the pacers i know they threw the ball all over the place tonight too but the celtics forced a handful of blocks steals things that helped them extend the lead to the level that they did tonight i mean me and Josue came into this one expecting a really close game, and it was through halftime. And then finally you saw them tighten up into that third and just run them off the floor. Pretty good team that's given them a lot of trouble too. Uh, you know, However you want to describe them, they're a solid team. Uh, and The Celtics just took care of them tonight. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they I had felt- Carlisle calling timeouts every five minutes, man. He was going nuts. <laughs> The, the one with like boy, Ricky Sunshine. Rick the Ryan. one with That's forty seconds to go hey, in the half is what Celtics had him. They had him flipping out. Rick, Ricky is one of my favorite coaches when it comes to minimizing runs because if you score like four in a row, oh, oh man, he called the timeout with like forty-two seconds left to go in the half. That's how much man, of a, how much of a run can you stat, can you stem there? There's one possession each left. He and it. Joe were opposite it. ends of the spectrum. I oh noticed that last God. time they were here, too. Opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes Rick to Rick doesn't leave a timeout in a clip at all. He's empty in a timeout <laughs> clip every night. So you got to empty that out. Yeah, he does. That was funny right before the change of quarters, yeah. He was great pregame, by the way, talking about Neesmith and flying planes and all kinds of other stuff that's up on our channel. Neesmith flies great... planes? And then, no, and then Rick does. Like I know, <laughs> How about Neesmith tonight? We had a real Neesmith moment, him trying to throw down a dunk and just, like, flopping head over heels onto the baseline. The he ghost of TV Garden, man. Can't get, can't get over it. He was pretty friggin' invisible, man. You know what it probably is? the ghost of uh, the empty arena, remember? <laughs> he was uh, playing during those times, and then now that the, the place is packed and he's on the other side, he's just... I, I was know, looking for him tonight. Up. I couldn't find him. Did you run into him, Sherrod? Didn't see him. Yeah, both Neesmith, Neesmith and Matherin were just, just not, just non-existent tonight. The Celtics frustrated those guys early. I'm actually surprised Halliburton broke out of his shell like, like he did after some of he the. He didn't look at the, the final technical. line. It wasn't, it wasn't that great, you know. Like, no, I, he, I thought... he wasn't his usual self, but he still did some damage at different points and kept the game close. He was the only guy that could do it for them. Because yep. yep. Celtics are just taking up space defensively. It's it's great to have Rob back. Great to see him play at the level he did tonight. I definitely think that's the headline tonight. Uh, and getting White involved to the level they did, 37 minutes. Is that going to be a constant now? That's two straight. Is that a constant now for the future? That's what we debated. I can't. We can't see it, right? Can't see them switching back. It's not just starting. They can't just do it. He's too good. good. He's too good. good. Yeah. Can't do it. Um, can't John, do would, you it. Make a, would you make a raw coming off the bench? Raw, we, great. We loved it. Right? 
great. I mean, Rob was. They might have found their rotations. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he gets you that many rebounds in 15 minutes. Uh, I mean, he. I mean, and we're not even talking about the steals and the blocks and the altered shots and all that. I mean, this is what you want from him. Right. Um, but to Bobby's point that he made earlier, you're probably going to ramp up his minutes more than 15 in the playoffs. Yeah, but I still don't see a, a, a scenario where we're going to see him playing 30 some odd minutes, which is what we saw at the very end of the Golden State Series last year in the finals. He was playing more than that. What's interesting yeah. is like it feels like almost like bordering on fan service at this point. I feel like all season long, people have been clamoring for D white to start and play more uh, splitting up the double big rotation uh, and things like that. And then just, you know, this style of play, like don't shoot so many threes, work the ball around, get it into the paint and this and that. And it feels like the last two games, is like a big exhale from the fan boys, uh, fan base. That's been like, trying to wish a lot of speak a lot of these things into existence. And I don't know if it just ended up here based off of circumstances, who was injured and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, if Joe found this by accident and this is what we ride into the playoffs. Great. Yeah. I'm all good with it. And I love double big, but you can still do it at different points if you want to, but this starting lineup has proven itself. They played a ton of minutes together. White's been unbelievable this year you got to roll with it and there's nothing wrong with having some balance too i know you want to ultimately get your best five guys out there late which is going to be the difficult part as we talked about earlier um, but brogdon rob it's a good duo off your bench along with grant yep yep, yep. all right um guys i think we'll wrap it up uh, we're back on sunday against yeah sunday Spurs. Spurs. Romeo Spurs. Show up? Spurs. i love it romeo is romeo coming I think he oh, was man, he's got a TV video. What do you mean is he coming? Of course. He's he's got an adductor injury, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I was gonna ask, like every time I, I, I got some, some Romeo stock around here somewhere. I gotta I gotta dust it off and see. If I want to see him play here. Yeah, Come I on. <laughs> I still got, got a couple that. shares. He's I looked at their I, I looked at their injury report uh, for tonight's game. They had ten guys on it. I think four were out. So it's that time of year for the Spurs. It's been that time of year for them for a while, but. Romeo has only played one, two, three, four, five games over their last uh, twenty-five or so. so. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's one by Yama season for sure. That dude, man, that's what it is. That that time, that time of the season, guys. Ro- Ro- Romeo gets cut and ends up back here on a on a, on a minimum next year. I think they Can't bring wait. Him back. Wing depth. I, I love it. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it all back. I'll buy it. All he back. can defend. He can yeah. defend. Anyway, yeah, he can defend. Anyway, all right, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Thanks. We're back on Sunday, 6 o'clock game, I believe. So post-game yes. show at about 8.30. We'll see you then. Uh, may get a Jimmy Toscano appearance as well, so we will see. Uh, Josue Pavone, Bobby Manning, Sherrod Blakely, and me. We'll see you guys next time. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. 